Welcome to the Wise Wolf Gold and Crypto Show. I'm your host, Tony Ardburn, broadcasting from the wisewolfgoldandsilver.com studios in beautiful Branson, Missouri. Just returned from a, uh, a trip to Arizona. I was out there honoring one of my heroes, the late William Cooper, and uh, we did a broadcast from Arizona, from Eager. Had a lot of time to think on the road. <laughs> That's a lot of driving in between when I spoke to you last here at Aftermath.fm. And of course, uh, we're streaming on all the technocratic controlled platforms, at least for now, till they figure out who I am, right? We're going to talk a lot about um, the difference between a Bitcoin and gold today. There's an article up I want to discuss. Uh, I'll take on my greatest opponent, which is, I guess, myself when it comes to this argument. The reason I bring this up is because. I heard uh, the David Knight show today, I was listening to the great David Knight on Aftermath.fm, and my name was brought up. Uh, he was talking to a uh, cybersecurity expert named Goatree, and um, they were talking about cryptocurrency, and David happened to mention that I I talk about both, and I, I deal in both. It, it, it tends to be a either-or. I think that's coming to an end. I may be ahead of the curve. We'll see, right? It, it tends to be an either or in our current reality. Like either you're a Bitcoin maximalist and you believe all the old world economy stuff is garbage and that uh, gold and silver are, you know, to quote uh, John Maynard Keynes, a barbarous relic, right? That, that, that's uh, kind of the talking points that you'll see uh, from the mainline Bitcoiners. And then you'll see old gold guys that are just like Peter Schiff, <laughs> just hates cryptocurrency, right? Hates Bitcoin and thinks it's all a big scam. Well, um, I think that there's problems with the space and I think that there is uh, some treacherous road ahead. I want to talk to you about that. Look, I'm not a, a prophet on, on this uh, particular subject matter, but I know a thing or two. And I think I see some handwriting on the wall of things that you need to be careful of. When it, when it comes to cryptocurrencies, because it's becoming ever more popular. I mean, you look at the, I'm going to go through some news headlines here, and you're starting to see just massive amounts of interest. I mean, Bitcoin broke its all-time high today. We'll talk about that. But you go over and look at the metals, and they're not, they're not really doing anything, right? I mean, they're not really moving. I mean, gold uh, is in the 1800 range. It bumped up from last week. That's great. You know, for those who are doing like the day trading stuff. But when I look at metals, I'm looking at long-term, I'm looking at the way that the economies, everything in the world was built on gold and silver. You know, it's just now coming apart because we injected fiat currency, which is like drinking poison. You know, it, we had a, a country that was the most, uh, was the wealthiest country in the world. You know, we had the about 5% of the world's population and controlled about 50% of the wealth. And then we started, well, taking the silver out of our coinage. You know, Nixon took us off the gold standard and we just plunged down this abyss of debt, right? Just, just printing our way out of problems. You know, 40% of all the dollars ever created, created last year. And, you know, we used to be the greatest creditor nation. Now we're the greatest debtor. We used to make things, you know, we used to be this, uh, arsenal of democracy, you know, the manufacturing marvel of mankind. We don't make anything anymore. You can't consume your way into prosperity, folks. It's not the way any of this works. So there's some good and bad and ugly when it comes to the argument about uh, 
Bitcoin versus gold, and of course, the entire cryptocurrency space. I'll walk you through a little bit of that tonight. Uh, I decided to, I, I pulled up a, a short blurb from the late William Cooper from his radio show, The Hour of the Time, I'll play tonight on fiat currency. I thought it was great. You know, I, I wish I would have found him sooner in life. He's talking about this stuff in the early 1990s. You know, of course, and you know, the, the creature of Jekyll Island was written before then. And then you have uh, people that, like Anthony Sutton uh, studying like the gold standard and the, the fiat currency and how it's robbing us. And that, that's been around a long time. But when you hear somebody in the 90s, like Bill Cooper talking about a cashless society, one that's being built, you know, to enslave you. And then you wake up and you, you know, you're in this business like I am, where I'm looking at digital currencies and I'm looking at gold and silver and I'm reading the headlines about these central bank digital currencies. See, this is, this is baked into the cake though. That's what I want to talk to you about tonight. The cryptocurrency space should not scare you. As a matter of fact, I think it's um, heaven sent in a lot of ways. I think it's uh, a blessing because uh, it's a, we're in a war. This is a different kind of war. You know, this is uh, the elites versus all of us. It's the people versus the plutocrats, right? And it really is like the end of an age. Like either we're going to decide that we're sovereign and that we have the ability to uh, conduct current commerce and to build companies and to have freedom or we don't, right? Or we're just mere slaves in the new world order and everything is a dystopic, you know, 1984 wasteland with just a few psychopaths in charge. And that's what's happened after our money was hijacked. And it's, um, I mean, it's so apparent. I mean, what's happened. I mean, once you, once you study and, and, you know, go backwards, like you go back to Jekyll Island in 1910 and it's just happens to be November 22nd, you know, like 53 years later to the day JFK would be, you know, assassinated. Uh, kind of eerie coincidence, knowing his executive order on silver, right? But that's neither here nor there. But you have these people meeting at Jekyll Island in 1910. At the time, uh, our country didn't have a central bank. I mean, we weren't uh, we weren't in need of one. We had sound money. Yeah, there was arguments about that's where you get the Wizard of Oz. I don't know if you guys know that L. Frank Baum, that book, uh, The Wizard of Oz. They turned it into a famous movie. You might have heard of it. Well, you know, in, in the book. Uh, Dorothy's slippers were silver, right? This was a, an analogy, right? It's, it was a, um, a broad painted picture, you know, in story theme about the uh, gold standard, you know, follow the yellow brick road <laughs> and it leads you uh, to the Emerald Palace, you know, the greenback, right? This was, there's all this uh, uh, symbology in, in that movie. And of course, in the book, written in the late 19th century. By the way, the cowardly lion is supposed to be William Jennings Bryan, who was this popular leader that said, we, we need free silver, you know, basically untether the, the, the silver dollar from the gold standard, you know, free the silver up and basically make dollars more plentiful, help people pay off their debts. There's an argument for that, but at least he was still talking about silver. He, he probably never could have figured that we would be in the situation we are in now where, I mean, it's completely off the rails. You got um, a few, you know, international banking cartels controlling this vast money supply that keeps ever increasing. So that brings me to, 
<laughs> I laid the groundwork. First of all, everything you need to know about my show is that fiat is garbage. Okay, it's run by it's a criminal enterprise. It devalue it. it it's a satanic currency system. The reason it's satanic is because it robs people of their work, right? It, it, the most vulnerable people, right? It, the currency that we have does not serve the people. It only serves the elites, but they don't work for, the, for cash. The elites don't work for cash. They work for assets and they borrow against those assets. Debt is not taxable. You hear me? That's not taxable. The elites don't care about cash. They don't hoard cash. They don't, only dictators and drug dealers have like pallets of, you know, $100 bills. Nobody does that, right? Not the, not the most elite. No, they have gold and assets, other things. They have buildings, right? Massive holdings, holding companies that hold other things, right? <laughs> so it, it's built to destroy, right? It's, it's made to make you a debt slave. So you're chasing those green pieces of paper as fast as you can, right? You're, you're killing yourself. You're ruining your health, everything to chase these green pieces of paper as they disappear in value. And I always have like this picture in my head of an older elderly lady who's having to decide, you know, because she worked her whole life and she bought into the system and, you know, she's having to decide now because her, her pension, right, or her late husband's pension or whatever, this fictional person, which I'm, I bet is millions of people. And she has to decide what's essential for her, right? What's, non -es what's essential and what's non-essential, like, like her medicine or her food or her clothing. Because some psychopath said, hey, we got to bail out these overnight markets. We have to bail out the treasury. The United States government is controlled by buffoons and insane meat puppets who have run it into the ground, right? Who have put us in every war imaginable, who opened the floodgates to our borders, who've sold us out to every other country, like all those blue collar jobs, all those living wage jobs, like just shipped overseas and then quietly devalued everything that was great about the country. Like, you know, you go and you save and you work hard and you could build something. Then they come along and just print another trillion. And you go, wow, I can't afford that anymore. Yeah, that's, that's the idea. Only BlackRock is supposed to be able to afford those homes now. Buy them up by the bushel, right? <laughs> Do they, I mean, they must get a discount for how many hundreds they buy. I don't know how many homes BlackRock owns now, but it's a lot. And other private equity firms, like, what are they doing? By the way, you know, pay attention to their medical requirements. <laughs> pay attention to those headlines that will roll out soon. Yeah, you're being priced out of the market, folks, and this has to do with the origins of fiat currency. So when I go into these debates, like I guess with myself, and I'll go into this article here in a minute when we talk about Bitcoin uh, versus gold, you know, just, just remember that when you're being priced out of the market, there's a reason for that, right? Somebody has an agenda. The agenda is for you never to compete with them. Like, you, you're not supposed to know this information. Do you think... A commentator on MSNBC will go into the finer points of you being robbed by the central banks. No, they're going to talk about, they're going to use language that you never heard before, like quantitative easing, right? <laughs> it's, e it's quantitative and it's very easing. It's QE, right? And they're going to talk about things like uh, hawkish, hawkish. You know, the Fed is looking very hawkish lately, thinking about possibly talking about maybe in the future, sometime in the next three years, raising interest rates by half a point. 
Oh, because what? The money supply? Right. But we're going to talk about that in two or three years. Don't, we're going to taper. We're going to taper our injections into the bond markets. We're going to taper our injections in these overnights. We're, don't worry. We'll, we won't keep pumping this much money into the system. Yeah, right. By design, baked into the cake, creative destruction. So what can you do about it? Well, pay attention to these other markets. The reason you need to pay attention to gold and silver, that's kind of your fallback. And by the way, this is in no way financial advice. I'm not a, I don't want to be a financial advisor. That seems to me like very infomercialish, okay? I'm not a, I'm this is a, I don't want you to go put all your money in Shiba coin or <laughs> don't don't go and go to the Franklin Mint and buy a bunch of collectible, you know, silver coins thinking silver is going to go to $3,000 an ounce. If somebody's telling you that you're going to get rich off something, red flag, okay? What I'm telling you is is that you're not going to get wealthy playing the fiat currency game, right? Which is they tell you to save money, save their dollars, right? You feedthepig.org, right? And they, they sell you, save the money, save the currency, save it, save it, save it. We want it in the supply. We want you to have it, you know, save it. Well, if you're doing that, you're already losing. You've already lost the game. The game is assets, folks. The game is to it be have a forward-looking attitude when it comes to what's around the corner. And so what you've known, what we've all known, is changing. I mean, that's kind of a constant in human history. But this is really big, right? Because there's things going on simultaneously that are very, very important when it comes to this debate. Like, should I buy some Bitcoin? Yeah, probably. I don't know. Buy a little bit. Get $10 worth, you know? Don't even, I'm not telling you to go to me and buy Bitcoin. I'm telling you, go anywhere. Open up an Exodus wallet, you know, learn cryptocurrency, right? The reason you should know this is because there's two things going on at the same time. There's this big push, um, the Great Reset. This is very important for you to know. These are real things. These aren't, I mean, CNN will tell you this is a conspiracy theory. While you can look in real time, they wrote the damn book, you know, like they're telling you, we're going to, we're going to. Take everything you have because you're going to be in a pod, you know, and don't worry, your, your health is our utmost interest, right? You're going to eat bugs and uh, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. This is the World Economic Forum. It has nothing to do with economics, by the way. It's a, you know, a bunch of rich, sociopathic, power hungry people that want to control world events. I mean, I don't know. I don't have that soul. Or I guess I, I said this last time I was on with Billy Ray. I guess I, I do have a soul, so I'm incapable of, of thinking in a way that would make me a billionaire. So I'm not really interested in that. I think you have to make way too many compromises. I'm just, I'm not interested. By the way, some of the smartest entrepreneurs I ever met weren't billionaires, maybe millionaires, right? But there's something they do, like you get, a, you get really shillish, you know, when you, become, you have to work with government, right, to, to get that much money. But that's what they want, right? Ultimate control. They tell you what they're going to do. They, they tell you their plans. Then they have time frames. Uh, you're wondering why all this stuff is rolling out so fast, right? We're always like, what, what's, what's happening? Why are, they, why are they pushing so hard uh, for this new reality, like the new normal? Well, because in my estimation, and this is 20 years of study, in my estimation, the time frame and the clock is running out for what they've built. Like you go look and you have to look at the money supply. So the, the dollar has been the world's reserve currency since the end of World War II, right? You have Breton Woods in 1944. It's where they get together with the, the smart boys and they create the new world order financial system. 
right? The, and the gold is pegged at $35 an ounce. And we're going to have the gold standard for all these countries. And Japan is in ruins and Germany's on fire, right? And uh, the Soviet Union's rebuilt. We're going to have this new economic order, right? Novus Ordo Soclorum. We're going to build the, the dollar, right? We're going to build the dollar as the world's reserve currency. Well, that worked for a little while. You know, we had some leaders like Eisenhower, and I don't know if it was a bad decision or not, but he opened up our markets. He said, hey, Japan, you got a problem because, you know, we dropped two atomic bombs on you and there was mass, massive warfare, massive casualties. And he said, you know, we've got Douglas MacArthur uh, running the country down there. We've got, uh, you know, we've got uh, a new constitution, but you guys, your your economy is still not uh Still not what it was. We need to get you back on track. So they opened the markets. They opened up our trade barriers to Japan. Same thing with Germany. And over time, you had these massive amounts of imports. And the Japanese are fantastic at that. I mean, just geniuses when it comes to precision and mark marketing. Kaizen, you know, always improving. And uh, we had to compete with that. that. That was for a while. It was okay. We had so much of the world's wealth. And then, you know, Germany did the same thing with the imports. We started importing, importing. So you had gold at $35 an ounce for all of those decades. But we started doing something behind the scenes. You had the Fed, and JFK knew about this, but you had the Fed uh, working uh, behind the scenes to increase the money supply, work on special projects, kind of tilt the country. If you If you understand about the Council on Foreign Relations and uh, those other type of supranational bodies, like we were being pushed towards internationalism, right? So we start having these problems like, oh, well, we're losing some market share. And then you see countries around the world say, well, we're going to cash in our dollars immediately because we want to get the gold. Uh, we don't want the $35 in American paper currency because the dollar's not buying enough. They knew that something was going on. This is, it first starts with the country level, right? This is what happened. So the countries are turning in the paper for the gold at the gold window. We're spending massive amounts of money on Vietnam, massive amounts of money on the Johnson Great Society. And all of a sudden it comes to a head. Uh, we took the silver out of the coin. It's just what all empires do. Every empire that's ever existed did the same thing. They take the, uh, they start shaving the coins and start taking the metal, the precious metals out. And that because they want to increase the money supply to pay their debts, right? So if you went back in time and told somebody from the 70s, you know, somebody operating the trade, you went back and told John Connolly, hey, you know, I come from 2021 and the uh, the national debt is $30 trillion. <laughs> I, I, you know, I wonder if he'd have instant regret or was that what his uh, proposed thinking was i don't think he did that on purpose i think that they thought that this would work a little differently they were keynesians they believed that basically money was velocity right money currency excuse me currency is like an electric current like you just has to as long as it keeps going and there's no it doesn't stop it doesn't doesn't have any pauses then it'll be okay it may devalue but that's okay they'll deal with that later right so it hasn't been that long you know it was fi the 50th anniversary of nixon taking us off the gold standard but it just happened, I mean, it's like the, and I heard David mention this again, that I got this phrase from him, from Hemingway, from the, from the David Knight show. This is this uh, great segment that I heard. He was like, you're talking about when somebody went broke, how did it happen? Well, it was like 
gradually, then suddenly. And that's how the United States is going. We have this mountain of debt. We went away from all hard assets when it comes to our, our government's financial system, no accountability whatsoever. And it's off the rails. So that everything's baked into the cake there. I, I've mentioned before in previous uh, podcasts and radio shows that, you know, 80% of all the uh, $100 bills ever made, right, are outside of the, of the United States. They're not even in our country. Like 65% of all the paper currency ever printed is not even in the United States. It's the, it's the petrodollar. It's the world's reserve currency. So what happens next? Well, what nation is on the rise? What nation was picked in 1949 by the Rockefeller syndicate and, uh, and other multinational banking cartels to have a new government, you know, a communist government, the same thing they'd done with the Bolsheviks, uh, in 1917, uh, for the, you know, the support of the Soviets. It was the banking cartels. They set up China in 1949 and all through the decades, you know, pushed for an opening between China and the United States. And so you have this, this burgeoning new economic order coming out of China. Of course, they, uh, they absorb or reabsorb Hong Kong in 1997 after the uh, British lease runs out. And this is the, the start of the uh, Asian century. It really didn't have to be this way, but it was by design. I mean, our country's in decline. The United States, certainly, its monetary policies, its its political order uh, is in decline uh, by design, right? We have uh, buffoons running things on pretty much every level, um, but it was planned. I mean, it's not like, I mean, everything wears out. There's a, There's such a thing called entropy. Things wear out, things decline, but we were pushed. You know, we were, the things were accelerated faster. And I know this because I can forensically look at history, you know, piece by piece, go back in time and say, wow, all these things had this not been put in place exactly at the exact time that it was, then this wouldn't be happening 20, 30, 40, 50 years later, right? You have to kick these things off in order for them uh, to come to fruition. So the monetary system of the earth all the countries tied to the dollar know that the United States is in decline, right? And we can argue why, but it is. The, U- the U.S. government, the economy, everything that we've known is in decline, whether you're talking about foreign policy, whether you're talking about our culture, whatever, right? And we, those of us who are in the alternative media know that this has been done on purpose, but that's beside the point. It's happening, and there's not much you can really do about it at this point because it's systemic and it's metastasizing. So they know that. Right. And so you get these other agendas and plans. And some of those agendas are central bank digital currencies, CBDCs. Right. They have those waiting in the wings, but they're going they're going to launch them to fill a need. Right. It it's either gonna and it might be a combination of things. That's why when I talk about, you know, getting into the Bitcoin versus gold debate. The entire cryptocurrency system, right, is, I think, um, heaven sent, right? I said it's a blessing. The problem is, is that it has a lot of potential to blow up, 
Like it has a lot of potential to just implode and leave a lot of people holding the bag, right? There's some ways that you can, when you learn about the space, when you start adopting it in your own life, which I think you should, I think you should look at every aspect, how to safely own and use cryptocurrency. Some of the majors, at least pretty much anything that'll work in an Exodus wallet at this point. So there's, there's a reason for you to, to know that, but, they need it to fail. They need cryptocurrency to fail, right? They need some sort of trigger event, some sort of massive crash. You know, this is the order ab KO problem reaction solution scenario where the Fed is just waiting in the wings. And you, I, I read quotes today from Jerome Powell, and he's talking about, well, there's no need. I, I don't need to look into banning crypto yet. Well, first of all, Jerome Powell uh, is not an elected official. And the Federal Reserve isn't federal. It's a privately owned entity. It's funny. The Federal Reserve is a privately owned entity that acts federal. And then you get things like the NSA or CIA and they're federal and they act private. But that's the world we live in, like this, this merger of private and public to basically make fascism, right? We, we, I think it's pretty apparent that this is a fascistic fiat currency. So in my opinion, there's some huge upside with crypto, huge upside with Bitcoin. And you're talking about it breaking its all-time high today. I think that's very positive. Uh, the, the last time it went down, it had this flash crash. I was staying at my office and uh, I have a Bitcoin ATM in my office. It's connected to my, my brother's exchange, Tal Bitcoin. And uh, I think I woke up at like 5 a.m., and it had gone down like 15,000. It was just massive. Like it was just flash crash. And I was like, you know what? I, I'll go buy some. So I just, buy, you know, I bought like a $200 worth and it was up the next day. The thing is, I know that on a long enough timeline, if it's not complete, if like, if they don't catch it, right. And I'm talking about the central banksters, if they don't catch it at the exact right time, right. If they don't try to go in and, you know, from the inside, poison Bitcoin somehow. I don't know how they would, but let's say they did. Like they want to go after it through the through the courts. China just pulled the plug on all of its mining, right? But they're just one country and then it moved to other countries. So it's you see like El Salvador adopting it. It's it's almost like it's getting away from them. And I I really hope that it is. Because that would mean that a lot of people are going to be lifted out of poverty. Bitcoin is finite. You know, you think about stocks you think about, um, you know, saving dollars. You think about all these uh, these other uh, options when it comes to investing. But see, the one thing that Bitcoin is is that it's it's limited, right? You can't make more Bitcoin. You can't just well, we're going to go to the printing press. And it, you know, the thing about Bitcoin, it's like, oh, we didn't find a new deposit of Bitcoin somewhere, right? We didn't. There's not Bitcoin deep within the you know ocean's crust. We're not going to be able to mine that. It's just limited. It is what it is. There's so many Bitcoin. And I think as people start looking at that more and more, and yeah, we'll have some ups and downs, but there will be, I think, greater adoption. Right? And this is what's keeping the time frame of Agenda 2030 and the Great Reset, I think, off kilter. And we can argue, well, maybe not on this show because we're, we're streaming on the tech. I'd have to couch my language really well, but we all know what happened in the last couple, couple of years. And if you believe that that's an accident, if you believe that it's all organic and that history just kind of rolls out 
And there's uh, a, <laughs> it just happens. It's all an accident, like a court historian, which is so silly. Things are planned. You know, things happen for a reason. There's, there's operations that go on. And the, I, can, I promise you, the elite want to be the last people with assets. The name of the game is assets, not really money, right? It's not really cash. It's assets. Who controls the assets? Who controls the trade routes? Who controls the supply chains, right? And, of course, being able to make the decisions. That's why this time is so important to pay attention to these spaces because this is a war. It's, it's literally the, the war, uh, I mean, it could be one of the final battles, really, because the technology is here. If we go into a path where everything is controlled, central banks with the IMF and the World Bank and the Bank of International Settlements control the currencies completely with digitized systems, that's pretty much game over, right? That's, that's the end of you being able to, to mount a political resistance and a popular resistance to change, you know, to the chains of, you know, economic slavery, right? The the change of the, the chains of actual slavery, like because they can do what pretty much whatever they want when they can control the money supply in real time. Uh, not only the the actual supply of its of the currency itself, but how it's spent and if it expires or not. Right. So, you know, people talk about it's uh, Bitcoin, the mark of the beast. I'm like, no, Bitcoin is, I, I think, a, a technology that has the potential to change the world for the better. Right. And it, I started looking at Bitcoin in 2016. I bought my first Bitcoin ATM. So I know a thing or two about it. I'm not an expert. It has the potential to change the world. It's not the mark of the beast system. Right. But the mark of the beast system will mirror, I think, a great bit of the cryptocurrency technology, the blockchain technology, and then they'll sell it to you right after something goes wrong with crypto. That's why I think you got to be very, very careful at this, at this space. You know, it's volatile. There's an article up I'll get to after the break about um, crypto being the wild west, right? So, you know, that there is caution when it comes to the space and we'll, we'll get into some of that here in a minute and I'll go over gold and silver prices uh, and I'll do the, uh, the latest on Bitcoin. See if we see I, it, it had been like 66,000 when uh, I went on air and right now I'm looking at, I got a ticker on at wisewolf.gold. Yeah, we're at 66,893. So we, we went up, broke the all time high, came back, retreated just a little bit, but I'm going to talk about this and a couple of other articles on the other side of the break. You are listening to the wise wolf Golden Crypto Show, live on Aftermath.fm. And, of course, uh, all the other technocratic control platforms. And if you want to find the podcast, you can go anywhere podcasts are found, and you will be able to pull up the Wise Wolf Golden Crypto Show. I'm trying to put more stuff out there when I get time, like trying to put up, uh, you know, maybe a 10-minute blurb on the markets. It's just it, it, there's so much going on. And it changes so often. Like we, like two months ago, we wouldn't be thinking we're talking about, oh, Bitcoin's going to break its all-time high. That's how fast things are happening, right? I, I learned a lot just setting up. Uh, I was trying to buy like a, uh, for a client, I was trying to buy some, uh, a meme coin, which we probably need to discuss because this could be very volatile. I was trying to buy a meme coin. It was very difficult. You know, another one of those dog coins, not that I have anything wrong with, there's nothing wrong with dog coins, but I was trying to buy one 
for like five days. It took me forever. I finally got it done. But you guys stick around. Listen to a little bit of uh, William Cooper, who I went to um, uh, pay homage to and uh, uh, go out to his uh, uh, mountain home there in Eager, Arizona, and, and uh, lay some flowers at his grave. I did that uh, and did a broadcast uh, this past uh, Friday. And uh, I was on with Billy Ray Valentine and Don Jeffries the next day on America Unplugged. That episode's up there as well on uh, on Rockfin. And, of course, uh, Billy's coming on soon, so I better uh, I better get to the break. You guys stay tuned. We'll be right back. It says that no state, no state shall make anything but gold and silver coin a tender in payment of debts. I would like every single one of you to take a dollar bill out of your pocket right at this moment. And I want each and every one of you to take a quarter or a nickel or a dime. I don't care what it is. Take it out of your pocket. In fact, take them all out of your pocket. Take one of each denomination of coin out of your pocket and lay it on the table before you or on the arm of your chair or just hold them in your hand. Now, if you have indeed done that, you are looking at several coins, and you're looking at a dollar bill, but that's okay. It could be a $10 bill, a 5 a 20 It doesn't matter what it is. What you are looking at is evidence, evidence of the greatest heist in the history of the world, the robbery of an entire nation of all of its assets, natural resources, and people. And I will explain that to you. If you take each one of those coins, you will find that none of them are silver or gold. None of them, not one. You may have a quarter that looks like it is silver or a dime that looks like it is silver, but it is what is called copper clad. In other words, it's a copper coin, a bus token, if you will. Exactly what it is, a bus token, a piece of copper to which they have applied a very, very thin coating of silver alloy. It's not even pure silver. It's not pure silver so that it doesn't wear off too quickly. Silver alloy to make it look like it is silver, to fool you. Because most people, if they have a coin that looks like silver, to them, it is. To me, it's nothing but a bus token, folks, and that's what it should be to you, too. Look at the dollar. Welcome back. This is the Wise Wolf Gold and Crypto Show. I'm Tony Arterburn. It is Tuesday, the 9th of November, 2021. We're going to have uh, gold and silver prices. And uh, of course, I talked about Bitcoin earlier, but we might we might look again. You never know what's going to happen. Like it's, it's going to be 70,000 soon. 
Is it going to retreat after that? I don't know. I just know this, right? The reason for all the media that I do when it comes to gold and, and crypto and everything, the dollar, the system that we have known is being destroyed. They're destroying it by printing it into oblivion. They've backed everything into a corner. They have to, right? They have, there's no other way out for them, but to crash it, like to replace it with something else. Like, so they just, they're just off the rails now, trillions and trillions and trillions. Like it's, it's not going to be reined in. And when you see some of the commentators talking about, and like I said, they'll use these $3 words, you know, like they'll tell you about quantitative easing and they'll talk about tapering, right? all this, this technical jargon, but really what it comes down to is we're going to print our way out of every problem, right? We don't even think about practical solutions or cutting things off or, or just being responsible or having to go through a little bit of pain so that we can correct a problem. That's those days are over, right? So we, we have to accept that. And I, I guess I've accepted it a long time ago. It's the reason I went into this business where I'm dealing with crypto. I'm dealing with gold and silver. I'm dealing with anything but fiat, right? And I'll take fiat, but I want to get a, I want it out of my hands as soon as possible, right? I don't have a stack of cash somewhere. I don't have a room of cash. I don't do any of that. I, I don't even have a, a really large bank account. If, if it's, it's only used to facilitate a transaction between a bank and a, and a trading house, that's it. You know, my cu customers send me checks or credit cards or whatever, make a deposit. Boom. I'm going to send that to a trading house because I want out of it. Right. Maybe, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, it hadn't caught on so much because look, when I was born, the head of the Federal Reserve was Paul Volcker. You know, in the late 1970s, they said, hey, there's we got massive inflation. You know, there was a big hangover after we went off the gold standard. You know, you had the opening of China. Uh, you had the uh, end of the Vietnam War. You had uh, the Trilateral Commission being born, you know, this this. Uh, policy from the internationalist setting us on a course for a Asian dominated 21st century. Right. And so we had a lot of problems because people were dumping dollars back into the market and we had inflation and uh, Paul Volcker, look, I, I don't think I don't like the fed or anybody related to the fed, but he had a, he had to do the responsible thing, which was to raise interest rates. So like my dad, you know, he was building houses in 1980, 81, and the interest rates were like 13, 14%. Like, and we cry now when it's like four, <laughs> you know, it's it, in interest rates in the teens. And now they got into like, you know, we're basically at zero, you know, and some countries have negative interest rates. So that means like you can't keep your money in the bank. And I keep calling it money. Even I, even I fall into that trap. If you think you have mind control, like I, I do my best to uh, distance myself from any sort of nomenclature that calls fiat currency money. No, it's just a currency. They punish you for keeping it in the bank when you go to negative interest rates. I heard a lady the other day, she was in one of the banks that I go and deposit to, and she was, they were telling her what her return on her CD was. And it was just God awful dismal. And I thought, this is where we're headed. Like these people's paradigm, they're still thinking this is 1985 or, or worse, you know, like where we still had sound money. Like this is the, you know, 1960s era, you know, before 64, like where you could like, oh, I save a, 
I got a dollar in, in quarters and silver quarters, and that means I keep a dollar or that I've got two half dollars and I really have a dollar. And we get into this weird uh, normalcy bias where we think everything just kind of, but it doesn't. It's slowly changing, boiling the frog where you lose that value. And that lady, I mean, God love her. Um, she's going to be like a millions and millions of other people who aren't, they just don't know. They don't have this information. They weren't told this story because no school teaches you this. Can you imagine? I mean, some of the people that were calling out the, um, the banking system back in, uh, you got to go look at Gary Allen or Anthony Sutton or any of these guys that were talking about how the wealthiest people in the world funded communism you know, um, how they're tied to these international orders who siphon off businesses and wealth and all this stuff. And those people were made fun of, you know, they were called pretty much anything under the sun. Uh, you fill in the blank. Uh, they were, you know, full of hate because they were talking about these, these poor bankers, <laughs> these, these poor international bankers, right? That's what, it, that's the way it was for a long time because, the uh, the change hadn't really set in yet, right? We were still able. There was so much. Uh, I don't know. It's like the fattening wealth prosperity injection that you get from fiat currency for a while, and then it starts like building unnecessary things. You know, it, it elects unnecessary presidents or and other candidates. Like it it makes co it makes companies that shouldn't exist exist, right? There's this all it it, it rewards the most irresponsible. And it punishes the most responsible. That's why when you hold gold, people always ask me, am I going to you know, make money when I buy gold? How much money do you think I'm going to make? I'm like, well, gold is money. So I don't know what to tell you. You're just trading that piece of paper for a hard asset. And I don't look at gold like, okay, um, everybody gather around. I've got a secret to tell you. Gold's going to be $10,000 an ounce. Um, because so what if it is, right? Or 20 or whatever. I don't think it's going to go that way anytime soon. But eventually when you have hyperinflation and all bets are off, does it matter if your gold is worth $5,000 if the $5,000 doesn't buy very much? I mean, does it See, it's it's silly. It's a silly proposition. Like how many how much gold, you know, is going to do I need to get $3,000? I mean, or whatever. It's just silly. I don't, I don't even like to measure it that way anymore. All I know is when I buy metals and I get off the merry-go-round of the fiat currency system, I'm protecting myself. So really, it's just a hedge, right? So that's like the difference between gold and Bitcoin. But Bitcoin's a new space. You know, there's um, that great quote from Harry Truman says, the, uh, the only history you don't know, or the only thing new under the sun is the history you don't know. Well, that's true. You know, but at certain times we have new uh, adoptions of technology that do change the world. I think Bitcoin's one of those things. It has the potential, and that's the war that we're in. I mean, the the war for the enslavement of when well, I say enslavement, the the total domination of all people, right? With these uh, entities like the World Economic Forum or the UN. Uh, and, and of course the banking cartels, they're all pushing this, right? I mean, Janet Yellen, the other day, the head of the treasury, she said, it's going to take $150 trillion, $150 trillion of wealth to go to zero carbon emissions, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's ever studied history, like how much 
you're going to have to print like how much you're going to be devaluing everything and what you're actually doing at that point with 150, like throwing that number out there. But it's it's off the charts, right? It's it they're they're not going to rein that in. So I look at um, I look at Bitcoin and I think, okay, well here's something that's finite. Here's something that I can trade with somebody around the world. It's a new emerging space. It's volatile though. It's very volatile because you're going to have days like today where it hits, you know, 67,000, breaks some records, and you're going to have other days where you just feel like garbage because you bought it. Uh, I've been holding it a long time. I honestly, I don't ever really sell it. Don't have an intention to. I'm going to keep it. I'll use it to buy things. Like that's how I'm, I know if I've done well with my investments, can I use my assets to buy other things that I need? Like maybe I need an extra barn or I need extra pieces of equipment. Can I use my my Bitcoin or my gold to do that? So that's the, the difference in the two assets is that you're not going to have these parabolic, you know, explosions in wealth from metals, but it gets you off the merry-go-round, right? It gets you off of the train headed to zero, which is by design what they're doing. And this is my humble opinion. Did, did they write me a letter and tell me that that's what they're doing? No, but I mean, anybody with eyes to see and ears to hear can figure out that this isn't going to go well in the long run. I mean, yeah, and this was all theory 10 years ago, by the way. Well, let's see. Let's go back 10 years. What was happening in 2010? Well, you, you know, you had the the big short, right? You had the the 2008 and then they came in with TARP. You know, they're going to the TARP money. They got they're going to bail out these banks. They're too big to fail. The economy will crash if we don't. So you got Hank Paulson of the Treasury just, you know, begging Nancy Pelosi. They come up with 700 billion dollars, right? Well, that's not all that they came up with because that was what they publicly said. And then they had all this rest of the, the quantitative easing continuing to pad the market to keep the liquidity going. And that's what resulted in gold going to its all-time high back in 2011. Same thing with silver. It, it, silver hit its uh, uh, $50 an ounce range. Uh, back at that time. And then, of course, gold crossed into the 2000 range uh, only to be eclipsed uh, in 2020 uh, by like 2050 an ounce, right? So the reason I bring this up, the reason why you can see that their, their trajectory, right, is leading to a creative destruction type scenario where they build a digital currency from the central bank to replace something that's um, going to uh, have crashed, right? And whether or not this could be speculative, but I was talking about them blaming cryptocurrencies. There's a lot of indicators right now that some of the market is something you should be very careful about. I believe in the space with crypto, but they're looking at, and I believe this, a, you know, a world digital currency run through a very select uh, group of entities right? For ultimate control of who has wealth and who doesn't. So 2010 though, folks, the debt of the United States was 10 trillion, 10 trillion. So from 1776 or so to 2010, that's how much debt we had acquired. We had accumulated was 10 trillion. And, uh, I was 30 years old. 
Well, now, you know, I'll be 42 in December and it's going to be closer to 30 trillion. Now think about that. If, (laughs) if you look at the timeline of how long it took us to get to the 10 trillion mark, which was to most people that were even looking at this absolutely terrifying. And now all bets are off. And that's why I bring this up because first I think they realize that, yeah, we're going to lose the world reserve currency status. Yes. There's an emerging China. China starts looking at adopting things like Bitcoin and then they kill it, right? they say, everybody get out. You know, we've got our digital yawn that we want to create. That's like the prototype. That's the prototype is a central bank controlled digital currency that has expiration dates uh, that, you know, can be um, controlled on who buys and sells right in real time and what items and things that you buy, right? This is why I, I, I don't like fiat currency, but I support you having cash. If you want to have some cash, get some cash. I mean, if it's liquid, right, it gives you the ability to buy something right then. But if you want to save value, you know, you save metals. So the, the entire system is built, right? Once you leave the gold standard, then you're going the races to the bottom. And I think that's where we're headed. So why cryptocurrencies though? You know, why not just pick one? Like, why not just be a gold guy? Well, I think that the adoption of cryptocurrencies is the, is the opportunity for us to be able to leave the space of having to rely on governments to dictate how we buy and sell or what, how we transact business, how we pay debts between each other. And with the added bonus of not having to physically deliver anything like if I want to house, if, if I want to house a savings account, then I'm going to have gold and silver. If I want to pay you, then I'm going to use Bitcoin. Does that make sense? Right. If, if you're in another state and you need me to pay you, then I'm going to pay you with Bitcoin. If you accept it, right. We, once we go peer to peer like that, what do we need these other institutions for? And the answer is we don't, we don't need them at all. This is only an illusion that we need. We, what did we do before there was a central bank? And that, by the way, that wasn't that long ago. It's 1913. You know, they pushed it through on Christmas Eve. Right? When no one was looking. Right? They, they knew it was wrong. That's why they named it what they did. It was very clever marketing. But we did just fine without it. I mean, yeah, there's problems. But once you made something, it was solid. There was sound money. So we're, it's really a cryptocurrency is a way to it digitizes a new trust system between people. We don't need companies. We don't need uh, governments to satisfy debts and to, for us to conduct commerce. So again, it's why it's important to look at the space, be careful with it because it's littered with landmines for you to get involved in, especially if you go and just start pouring your money into something, please don't do that. <laughs> that is the, that's the worst possible. You see these people, they, they see something on the rise, right? It's called social proof. You'll see the, you know, the trend is up and to the right. You get these people that are really, really uh, hot and heavy on a new something because it exploded. You're buying it after the fact, and then it crashes and it has the profit tanking. Just be careful that they're riding those pump and dumps all through the crypto space. 
And some of that may be to tarnish the reputation of what crypto actually was built to do. You know, it was meant to be the people's currency, right? Gold is money. Bitcoin is almost money. It's pretty damn close. You know, the thing about gold, though, is you can turn it into jewelry, right? You can use it in medicine, technology. It has other uses. You know, there's that great episode of the Twilight Zone, or the original one, where these guys go and put themselves in some sort of cryonic chamber after they rob a bank. They're going to sleep for 100 years, and then they wake up, and the guy, you know, they all kill each other. They get to the end, and the one guy dies on the side of the road, and this person stops in this futuristic vehicle. Like, what's he got there? Like, I don't know. It looks like uh, looks like gold. It's like, you know, they used to use that as money. <laughs> it's kind of a ironic ending, right? Well, see, the thing is, that's not really ever going to happen. I mean, I guess on a long enough timeline, because they they had suggested in the scene that somebody had just made it in a lab. You know, well that. They have sophisticated they have sophisticated labs that can barely do like and use a ton of energy to make that alchemy. Well, maybe they'll change. I don't know, but right now in the foreseeable future, that's not going to happen. So gold is money because it has intrinsic value in and of itself. The same thing with silver. Like you can make jewelry out of it. You can make uh, antibacterial uh, sprays with it. Like hospitals use silver. Right? It's it's used in. I think two kilograms of silver in each electric car. You've got um, solar, all the things. Like So it's not just a monetary metal, right? And that's why it's money. That's why like a, a dollar bill is not money. There's nothing there, right? So, and the reason Bitcoin is, I say, almost money or possibly is because there's energy behind it, right? It has the people that are investing infrastructure in it, which creates value in and of itself, and you can't make more of it, Right. So there's a difference between a digital currency or a currency right, and money. I don't think anybody's really created digital money yet, but I can be convinced, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not totally off the reservation there. Okay, so let's go over prices real quick. Let's see what happened today in, uh, in gold. You can go to wisewolf.gold uh, if you want to get the latest gold and silver prices, there's a link up there in real time on the front page of wisewolf.gold. Uh, gold today at 1,828 Luciferian Bankster notes per troy ounce, 1,828 Fiat Federal Reserve notes per troy ounce. Of course, uh, silver, 24, $24.27 for the white metal, uh, down 18 cents. I find that fascinating um, as, as, as your friendly gold and silver dealer out here in Branson, Missouri, that ships nationwide. Uh, the back office, the trading floor, floor shows me weeks out from getting resupplied with silver, but the price goes down. So you just keep keep thinking that's real. Right? <laughs> you guys keep watch watch that. You know, gold is, uh, you know, last year it hit its all time high. And then with inflation running rampant and all over the news and breakdown of supply chains and everything else, it's it's down from that. Okay, so I'll um, I'll let the financial commentators have their um, temporary victory uh, because they're you know they're doing their victory laps on. Oh, we told you the stock market's going to go uh, up and to the right forever, and you know don't uh, get caught up in you know, these uh, metals and these fantasies, all, all this other stuff. So I'm telling you, hey, pay attention to that. Pay close attention to metals. Pay close attention to Bitcoin. 
and pay close attention to the wise wolf gold and crypto show we'll be back next week uh, of course uh, live 7 p.m central time on aftermath.fm if you're listening to aftermath stay tuned you've got the great billy ray valentine's going to be on here in the next minute and 40 seconds or so uh, for the infinite fringe live so be sure and tune into that i'll be on thursday with billy maybe we'll talk gold and silver it's veterans day on thursday so maybe we'll talk about uh you know fiat currency in relation to our foreign wars who knows i'll bring something up I, it all ties back to it so it's not hard for me to it's not hard for me to get in that mode where we go over uh the greatest heist of all time uh, wisewolf.gold is our sponsor and uh of course uh arterburn.news the website for my radio show and uh you know we've got a lot of of great topics to to go over next week we hope you'll be back more to come folks in a world of fiat reality the truth is solid gold we'll see you next time folks